You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. If you enjoy our podcast, please share the link and give us a review. With us today is Ken Stewart, owner and founder of Tyson's Playground and Blackout Training Facilities, located right outside our nation's capital in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Ken currently serves as the Virginia State Chairman and Meet Director for the United States Powerlifting Association, USPA. Welcome, Ken. Thank you, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good. good. Have you, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for being with us today, Ken. For sure. So, all right. So, who is Ken Stewart? Give us a little bit of background on your your fitness, uh, um, you know, exposure to fitness and and what you're doing with it. Oh, all right, cool. I'll give you the short version. Uh, yeah. As most people get started in fitness, I started out as an athlete. I wrestled. Uh, high school, college, and in the military. Uh, in the military, I was a physical readiness coordinator for my command. So that was my first. What, what branch, Ken? Navy. Navy. Yeah, right. There. So I was. Thank uh, you for serving, by the way, Ken. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I appreciate Thank you very much. Uh, so I was a physical readiness coordinator for my command. So that was my first fitness job. Uh, after I got out of military uh, college, then I was a personal trainer. I think that's kind of how everybody starts. Uh, then uh, a few other entrepreneurial endeavors. I, I, I owned some restaurants uh, and a food delivery service for 10 years. And uh, meanwhile, I was still training, uh, doing some personal training on the side, not much. Uh, my younger brother played professional football. And then when he came, he used to come and stay with me for his summers. And one of the restaurants I had was attached to a gym. Where, where uh, was this at then? This is in Tyson's, right here in Sport and Health. Okay. Where, yeah. where are you from originally? I grew up in New York. I grew up in New York. I went to high school where, in Tennessee. Where, where? Where? I grew up in the Bronx. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anybody from New York? No. <laughs> I stayed away. Yes. Um, I love the food, man. So, so you grew up in the Bronx? Did you, you went to high school in the Bronx? I went to high school in Tennessee. My, so you moved to Tennessee, then where'd you go to college? Howard University. Okay. Oh, so that got you to this area. That's what got to, so back up for a second. So yeah. out of, straight out of high school, I went to the Navy. Got it, got After it. I got into the military, then I went to college. So I went in reverse order. It's interesting about you were the, the PT guy. Is that something that sort of happened organically or they, they saw how what great shape you were in? So they said, hey, can you lead this? Or Combination of both because I was... Uh, the command I was stationed at was very top-heavy, top-heavy in terms of uh, uh, the brass that were there. So we had really, you know, I had it was the Chief of Naval Forces Europe. So it was a okay. big, big command. Uh, but then, you know, you had all of the officers and the, I was pretty much the junior enlisted guy. Uh, and yes, obviously, but once I started, uh, they knew I was, I wrestled for the military. I hate to say I couldn't have a, a real job, uh, but my but my main job was was wrestling for the most part. That's so, nice. So it was pretty much easy to keep up with the command readiness because that's what I was doing all the time anyway. Right. So yeah, and you so weren't just wrestling. Well, I mean, Ken, Ken you were two-time <laughs> uh, U.S. Navy wrestling champion and Armed Forces uh, Championship silver medalist, right? So you were yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So it's it's. Uh, what, what was your weight class, Ken? Man, I, I went. I started at one ninety. And then I went down to 163, uh, just because I couldn't. The, the we had a national champion at our 80 pound weight class, and I couldn't beat him, so I had to go down. So I, I was super, super slim, because I'm about mm -hmm. 240 now. 
Uh, but yeah, that was a man, the best times of my life. You got me. I mean, you got a wrestling background and you got a military background. No wonder you're successful in business. It teaches you so much, man. I tell everybody all the time, the military is the best decision I ever made for a lot of people. It's a, it's not the, the end all be all, but for everybody, it's a great place to start. Uh, you don't know what you want to do. You will quickly find out. So it was definitely by far the best decision I ever made. And I did it just because I I, <laughs> I did it out of spite. If my dad's listening listen to this, uh, I, got a, I got a wrestling scholarship to college. Uh, and my dad said he would buy me a car if I got a scholarship, right? But he didn't, you know, he reneged on that. So I was like, oh. ah, I'm going to the military. I saw oh. That'll teach him. Man. Right, that'll teach him. Oh right, literally, literally, I'm on, I'm on a bus. I, I never forget. I'll never forget. I'm on a bus going to boot camp, right? Yeah. And everybody gets off the plane. Then you go to get on, get on the bus. So everybody's going to this. I was in. I went to Orlando. So everybody, you see all of the people, right? They're, everybody's talking, and they got like a little sign. They got a guy waiting for you to say, "Hey, this is where all the people who are going to uh, the 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 naval base in Orlando." So everybody's there. We get on a bus. Ha ha ha. He he he. We get a company commander get on a bus and starts yelling. Yeah. And I'm literally like, what the hell did I get into? Yeah. All because of that car, man. <laughs> right. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, still the, the greatest experience of. Uh, That's great. Yeah. It was definitely the do, best. Do not life. piss oh. Ken off or, or uh, renege on a bet, man. He's going. <laughs> right. Right, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Thank God he did. Thank God he didn't give you that 69 Camaro, you, you know. Yeah, no. And you know, was, you know, all I wanted was like a, a, a Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Like I didn't want anything. <laughs> well, okay. I didn't want anything yeah, major. So. Like no. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to the Navy. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a Hugo. <laughs> but you know, Ken, if you would have got that car, how different would your life have been? Right? Exactly. It could have took a whole exactly. totally different turn. So you know what? I, so now you thank your dad, don't you? You know, it's crazy. <laughs> It's crazy. And he didn't want me to go. That's that's part of the other thing, right? He was like, I don't want you to know. He served in the army. So he was like, yeah, I don't want you to go to the military. <laughs> nah, you, go to yeah, you couldn't join the army, could you? Ken? No. You had to join the Navy. You know what? Just and I, to fight him. And, and you know what it was, Marty? I'm not going to lie. So you know how when you're in school, the recruiters come, right? Yeah. And then they're all, they're all standing around at their little table. <clears throat> so I'm still like, all right, cool. My dad's not going to buy me a car. I'll figure this thing out. I, I'm not. Our recruiter came, and he was on point. Like all the girls were like drooling over him. So I'm like, all right, that's, that's, all right, that's, that's, that's cool for me. That's, no, no, no. That's, that's not even what I said. I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. I don't have no problem with no girl. That's, that's all right. Uh, and then he was like, hey, you know, what are you doing? I said, man, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out what, what school I'm going to. Uh, he said, well, you play sports? I was like, yeah, I wrestle. He said, you know, you can wrestle in the military. I was like, how? Yeah, I said, didn't know that either. I didn't know that. So now they have a world-class athlete program. So they were, they're literally recruiting. But then you had to make the team. Right. So he said, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I think I want to be a lawyer. Oh, man, we got the You can do good on the ASVAB. We can, we can get you right to, to, to be able to uh, get ready for law school easy because you can take classes while you're in the military. So I'm like, okay. But, yeah, if you wrestle, that's all you do. If you're part of the Navy wrestling team, you'll just travel with the Navy and you'll compete. I was like, really? How is this? So he was like, all right, go take that ass fat. I went and took the ass fat, did really, really good. I was gone. Wow. So, so that's so you were in there for five years, right? Did you wrestle all five years? 
wrestled for four years. So the first year is, I don't want to say it's a wasted what, what, year. What year is this, Ken? Give us a time. time. 93 to 98. Okay. So you, you have to, the first year you got to go through boot camp and then whatever your A school is. Uh, and then you have to put in a request, what we call a chit, a request chit. So back then you had to literally go through your chain of command and say, hey, you had to request this time off to go and do, to be part of the, uh, to go for the tryouts. Because I was stationed overseas. Uh, if you were in the States, they would have like little smokers. Smokers, then you would get invited to the team. But if they didn't, you had to just put in a request chit to go to this training camp and then hopefully make the team. And how it was back then, if you made the team, you stayed and trained through armed forces. If you did well in armed forces, you went and stayed, you, you went through nationals, so on and so forth. So it was, a, um, it was a very rewarding experience in so many different ways, because I met a hell of a lot of people. Uh, I got a lot of help. It's ironic now, um, what, 20 years later, that the former chief of naval operations is a member of my gym. No way. <laughs> Yeah, so it's 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 crazy, but uh, I can go on and on about that. I'm sorry, Ken. I'm sorry. Repeat that. The former chief. What? Say that again, please. Former CNO, Chief of Naval Operations. His name is, is what now? He's a member of my gym. Oh, and, and he, he must have. Uh, he works at. He he works at. Works out at his gym. He works out. He works out. So he remembered you. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> just it's, ironic. It's, just, that yeah, Ken just was crazy. in the military and the Navy yeah. now now their head guy works out of this gym. Right. Yeah. Right. I got it. I'm, I'm no with kid. you, bro. I'm with you. Yeah, retired four-star airman, one of the nicest guys. Really? Ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can I can talk about my that's a whole other conversation we could get into. So, so Ken, so Ken, you're in the you're in the Navy five years. This is where you start to build your foundation, your discipline all that, which you're going to need. I mean, going forward, you were involved in, you said restaurants too, right? Restaurants, gyms. I mean, that's a dream come true, right? I wish. I, actually, it's know. not. It's not? It's, actually, it's not. The restaurant it's business. The, the restaurant business. That is tough, uh, right? Yeah, it's tough because it's one of those things where either you stay small forever, and that's your job, or yeah. you grow and scale it so you can have the resources to be successful completely. Right. Otherwise, well, here's, a, here's, here, here's a here's a little statistic: seven out of ten new restaurants fail. Yeah, it's the toughest business to be in, man. It's hard, you know. It's and then hard. you add add everything that's going on. I mean, there's restaurants around me, man. They're all boarded up. You know, the mom and pops, they're all done. Uh, Marty, how did you just know that statistic? <laughs> I think if you if you I, if you're watch, well read, you would because, know that because because I watch every Food Network show. Yeah, on, on TV, diners, drive-ins, and that's one, of my, that's one of my go-to things I do is I study. There you go. Food prep. <clears throat> ask me anything. They probably say that a bunch. Ask me the ask me the top ten three-star Michelin chefs in the world. Boom. Let's get know, back to Ken. You know, the, the biggest, the the hardest thing about it is, you know, is is people. I don't think anybody grows up says, you know what, I want to work in this restaurant when I get older. Yeah. <laughs> So it's hard for on the HR part. It's really, really difficult. You got people stealing from you. Got to watch all my buddy. My buddy owns a bar. He he hates it. Shrinkage is the craziest thing. You can't find anybody to work. You got these young kids coming in, and all of a sudden you ask them to do a little extra stuff, and they're out of there. You know, it's uh, 
that's all he does is personnel can you know well, it's all how, how, did, how, how did how did we shift into professional fitness so yeah so uh 2011 um we were training at a training facility that was just geared for baseball players um so i was like oh this is cool there's nothing else going on here besides baseball one i was like how does this business make it but two you know i was like i I don't necessarily care because we're getting what we want to get out of here we're training like like this is before you know, you see like more fitness facilities now are more hybrid training facilities. Right. Mm-hmm. They have turf, they have sleds, all these things. So we were training like that way back when, just because of our athletic background. Um, <clears throat> so this business one, I was like, okay, cool. I still have the itch for training. So I approached them and I was like, hey guys, you know, you guys don't have anything going on in the morning. Let me start this boot camp. So that's how it all started. I started this, this program called Breakfast Boot Camp. We went from literally two members to about 120 in about five months, right? And it was all because we had we did a bunch of challenges and it was fun. It was training like like we had trained. And Ken, uh, let me just interject here real quick. Sure. The single most lucrative undertaking ever invented in fitness was being able to cram a bunch of people into a room and have a move together. It's 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 a money machine if you can fill the room with the people yeah. and let's remember, be clear, remember the dance aerobic craze way back when you guys are probably too young to remember that and they would have a hundred women on a basketball court right standing shoulder to shoulder with one instructor with a boom box right yeah i mean that was yoga now. magic magical times for fitness facilities well, it's, so, it's, here, it's, so here comes ken and you're filling them up, right? Yeah, but it wasn't, that wasn't, um, I always aimed to be the anti-boot camp boot camp. Right. Like I, like right. I call well, it. Oh, 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 define that. What does that mean? Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, because most people think boot camp is running around, do a bunch of burpees and dumb shit, right? Right. Uh, beat them up. Beat them up. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's real easy to make somebody get tired. It's very difficult to make them get better. And hurt right. and hurt them. It it is, and so and I was like, all right, cool. All right, we're gonna we're gonna make this a little different by keeping the main thing the main thing. All right, so we we and how we did it was it wasn't just hey we're just gonna do a bunch of uh, conditioning exercises and call it a day. You're gonna leave out of here sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. You still wanna we we said we still were gonna let them get sweaty because you got to give people what they need, but you got to also give them what they want. So so we started with all right, cool. Keep the main thing the main thing. That was always our mantra. If we want to get strong, let's be sensible sensible about it. You can't do Tabatas to get for to build strength. So we had a basic warm-up, general warm-up, dynamic warm-up, so far, so so on and so forth. We had a basic strength workout, and then we did our conditioning. We didn't That's mix great. them together. Yeah. It wasn't crazy metabolic training. And we've kept that formula. How, how long how, how long yeah. is the class, Ken? Fifty-five minutes. Okay. And it's something that depends. They were moving. Yeah, so it just depends. So like sometimes at the beginning when we're just teaching, if there's a lot of skill instruction, the the workout's a little bit longer. We we try to shorten it up, make sure we don't go too far too far over. Um, but if they got, you know, we're in the fourth week of a program, everybody understands what's happening. It's a little bit shorter. But as I grew this thing, especially with adults, you got to understand that they they are a time crunch. You can't have, like, you think your workout is great, and I've added all these mobility extra stuff and these crazy core finishes that they're going to love. 
But what they're going to love more is to get their ass out of the gym and get home to their kid that they got to take to school or get home to whatever they have to do. They got a meeting they got to go to. So you got to balance that. Hey, I'm giving them really, really what they what what I want them to have to make them better when actually what they want to have is a great workout, feel like they've accomplished something and get on about their day. That's yeah. exactly right. Hey, Kim, one question. Uh, you started all that, the, the boot camp and everything in 2011 before you yeah. started your gym. So at that point, 2011, had you been, had you started bodybuilding? What was your, uh, I don't know if you had any certifications of any, what was your background with fitness uh, education or anything up to that point? Or did you just kind of take what you learned from the Navy and start and apply that to this, to your boot camp? Great question. I don't know how we skipped so far ahead. So, <laughs> so, I, so when I got out of the Navy, um, I got a part-time job as a trainer at Gold's Gym. Mm. Uh, so I was just a part-time trainer, and I and I loathe. Have you been lifting? Yeah, yeah, man. I was lifting since I was fourteen. When, okay. I, was, when I was a freshman yeah, in high school. All right, all right, all right. Well, let's hold hold on for a minute. I want to just quiz you for a little bit on this. Would you Go say that your was your was your uh, was your lifting strength training or bodybuilding? Both. So I've okay. run the gamut in terms of fitness. Okay. Right. So I started our basic strength and conditioning, you know, for wrestling, which is a kind of bit of both. It's a right. periodized training cycle, right? Hey, I got my hypertrophy phase. Then we're going to get strong. And then I'm going to do some some of my power phase. So right. pretty much a, I came from a strength and conditioning background. Um, after I stopped wrestling, I got into, well, I was always powerlifting. And funny how, <laughs> funny how I got into powerlifting while I was wrestling for the Navy, is our that same uh, 163 pounder that I was talking about before, was he could squat 600 pounds, mm. and most I could ever squat was like four or five. And I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> how do I get this? So we had a couple of powerlifters that were on base. So I took up I took up powerlifting uh, while I was wrestling for the Navy. But and fast forward, competing, competing also. Well, not at that time, not okay. at that time, because it was okay. just too many demands. Right. Um, but after I stopped wrestling, but this was before MMA was huge. I needed something to do. Right. So then I got into bodybuilding uh, and bodybuilding took me to 2015, 2016. I think I, I turned pro in 2011. I competed naturally my entire time. I've never ingested any foreign or illegal substance in my body. So that was cool. IFBB pro? Yeah, what, uh, no, 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 no. Oh. So I work for <laughs> WMBF. Okay, uh, yeah, the Natural Federation. Yeah, yeah the Natural yeah. Federations. Yeah, yeah. Where did yeah. you compete at? What was your body weight? To my last competition, I was one ninety three, but it, it fluctuated from one ninety three. Pretty big, man, for a natural guy. Can I? Can I have tall, how tall? How tall are you? Five ten. I'm sorry. Five ten. Okay. I, I used to be five eleven. <laughs> me right, too, me dude. Too. Right, me yeah, I was like, what, what happened? <laughs> I I'm never serious. quite seen serious. No, that's a true thing. That's a real thing. So after after bodybuilding, um, you know, kind of go, you know, back and forth, but you never leave powerlifting. You're always gonna do the main lifts. So that was the base. Yeah. But plus being a wrestler, you had the good low body fat percentile, which makes you a natural for bodybuilding. Correct. Because you had the control, already you had the, the lower body fat percentile, and you 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 damn well know how to. And yeah, but you, <laughs> you know what you do wrestling? You don't learn really good habits. You learn how to do, you learn how Starve. to. Starve. Yeah. You learn, yeah, you learn how to circumvent the system. 
Right. By the time yeah. you competed in bodybuilding, you had some serious muscle density from all the years of wrestling and lifting at 14. Trent, yeah. So, so that probably set you apart from everybody on stage. Yeah, especially uh, lower body wise. Yes. Especially lower body wise. Everybody well, you know, and a guy who trains, Marty, I think you just said that, but if you've ever if you played football, wrestled, even baseball now, the first thing you do when you walk into the weight room after you do your warm up is hit a compound lift. So that that stays with you, man. You know that those things are the, the biggest bang for your buck exercises. So the guys who are bodybuilders who used to be football players, they all start with squats when they did their leg. You know what I mean? And the guys 100%. who weren't athletes, they'll do the pre-exhaustion and all that. But you just automatically go to the basic exercise when you've been doing it your whole life. It's good. So that, and that's why, you know, when, when you see the people that are successful in bodybuilding, they either started yeah. with the comp, heavy compound lifts early or they were involved in team sports and right. they had a good strength and conditioning coach. Right. And they just want to put a find another outlet after they finish doing whatever their sport was. Exactly. So. So, all right. So we got some of the background and on what led you to, uh, you know, putting on these boot camps and everything. So the, so the boot camp, you're going along with that. Everything's going good. And then what, what uh, you thought, you know what, I could do this and own my own place. No, right? you started thinking about all that. Hell no, I didn't. <laughs> so, so what happened was what happened was the place that I was I was because I was leasing space to run this boot camp. Uh, they were going out of business, right? Or they were not business. Like literally, and I found out on a week's notice. So I can't I literally um can't it was like a it was Memorial Day weekend. Like literally I came, like we had a meeting before saying, Hey guys, you know, this is gonna be it. Uh, we're not gonna make it. Uh, I'm going to let you talk to the owner of the building and you guys can kind of figure out what you want to do. I was like, that's it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I want to stay. Let me, let me, let me talk to him. So literally I didn't get a chance to whatever, cause I was still running the restaurants. I hadn't got an opportunity to talk to the owner of the building saying, Hey, you know what? I still want to keep my sublease. What does that look like? Um, I came in over the, the, the next Memorial day, the one, the Tuesday after Memorial day, there was a lock on the door and there was a guy with a gun outside. And I was like, uh, what's going on? So I was like, hey, yeah, well, they're they're done. Um, <clears throat> your business is done. What do you want to do? I was like, okay. Um, well, I want to keep my sublease. Nope, we're not subleasing that. You got to take the whole thing. I was like, all right, well, let me figure this out. <laughs> do I so want to? He owned the place and he was armed. No, no, no. So it was somebody, it was an older gentleman. Oh. He he just had, you know, I don't think I never even met him. I never met him personally. Right. He uh he just had, you know, some company come out there and not let anybody in because he didn't want anything leaving the building. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh let me do this thing. So I, I called a, a guy that I went to college with who had a sports performance business, and I started putting a little business plan together, right? To to, to manage the entire space. So I said, okay, cool. Um, I can control the adult training, the boot camps, the PT, and all that good stuff. And then they can do um, the sports performance stuff. It was a great idea. And it worked. Um, so that's what happened. It kind of where, fell in where my were you located? Where, where were you located, Ken? We're in the same place. We're, we're in the exact same place, five doors down. Wow. And then you got, I mean, so you got rid yeah, of the restaurant. Where, where, where are you at? Are you in, are you in northern Virginia? Are you in, where yeah, are you we're at? Yeah, we're in Tyson. We're in Tyson's Corner. Okay, great. Tyson's Corner. Great. Yeah. Another pivotal moment. Yeah. The, 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 first the car and now this. I mean, you know. That's a great neighborhood. Um, 
but that's 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 a high rent neighborhood too. Huge yeah. rent neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Huge is is very, and it's only so we got one of the you know we're always in the top ten of the wealthiest um, counties in the country. Yeah. Uh, so so it's it's definitely very very high rent, but for, that's why we had to put together multiple entities to make this thing make sense, because otherwise you just can't. You know, there's you know from the from the commercial gym perspective and the training perspective, there's always competition. So we had to stand out in a certain type of way. So everything was athletic. But your but but your 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 portion of the fitness business is doing great, right? You've got 150 people. Yeah, yeah, but then I didn't have a place to be because I wasn't right. the main, I wasn't the main guy. I wasn't the person who had the lease. So yeah, yeah. so well, we you could. Yeah, I mean, you, you could. You, I guess you could have taken him down under the bridge with Darius, right? <laughs> no, sir. Do you understand? You're trying to take some people from Tyson's outside and work out, and maybe it rains. Maybe. Oh it... my God! Could you imagine? <laughs> no, uh, I can't. So the equipment and everything was already. You bought the equipment with that, or leased it, or how that worked? No. So we were. Uh, you know, I was heavy in the kettlebell stuff. Heavy in the okay. kettlebell. And when you start, how did you get into that? How, how did you get onto that? Was it RKC the that stuff? Yeah, yes. What did you think? Did you did you use it in wrestling? No, man. Listen, y'all gonna have to have me. Y'all gonna have to have me on for like four more podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so so what happened was uh, when I was bodybuilding, I had this. I was living in DC. I was powerlifting heavy, uh, and, I, and I'll never forget what got me in the kettlebells. I herniated my L four L five deadlift right and then i went to pt because i was like i'm not getting so it, i literally i felt i laid on the floor for about after I, after i heard a deadlift and i laid mm. on the floor for about two hours and Ooh. i was in crazy pain okay. so i went to uh i went to pt uh and this is 2007 and the guy the my pt was like man you 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 got this big engine and your body's a little frail so i was like man what mind your business <laughs> right <laughs> what did he say lay off right no he was like man you got to build some core strength so okay. you got these big you got these big quads you know you got leverages for deadlifting and you got you can really push through the floor but your core was this strength, my, your core was strength this mike Dave, was this was this mike davis ken no this is not mike but i'm gonna tell you how i met mike so no. so i was like uh all right, man, cool. So what do you advise me to do? He said, man, you got to start training with kettlebells. So he taught me the basic movements. He said, lay off the deadlifts for a little while, but I'm going to show you how to do this kettlebell swing. And I was like, all right, cool. And I had seen it before, but I was like, you know, whatever. This is not going to help me get my gains and get stronger. And I was like, man. And this was at the the emergence of kettlebells. I mean, yeah, 2007? Is, no, 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 no. So I think Paul, they hit their peak maybe 2013, 14. Yeah. Uh, around yeah. that time that's when it's and, yeah. and, and it's still great it's still a great environment it's still yeah. a great uh community uh but around 14 right before when that split happened right between rkc and strong first that's when things kind of got a little crazy yeah. but i digress but i digress so I, I got into kettlebells and i was like wow i went to the whole rkc certification in 2010 maybe which was a crazy experience in and of itself and i was hooked I was like, listen, I don't need to, especially for women, this is primarily the best tool because with the barbell, a lot of things have to go right. It's a great tool. I love it. 
Um, but a lot of things have to go right. And when you're working with adults with limited bandwidth to learn new things, mm. the barbell can well, sometimes get in the way. Well, one thing about a barbell, Ken, is it weighs 45 pounds. 100%. And then it starts from, when you put a plate on, it starts from the floor at the same height for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, yeah. It's awkward 45 pounds, right? And yes. honestly, if you're doing barbell exercises, you need to watch everybody. I mean, I mean, on every rep, on every rep, right? <laughs> kettlebells, you can walk back and forth and, you know, guys are just, you know, you're doing your get ups, you can correct them. But the danger involved with the with the barbell, I think, is so much greater. So, you know what? And then I've I've taken every certification known to man. Right. right. I started with NESM in 98. Then I did CSCS before I got out of college. Um, I've done ACE. I've done them all. By far, the best certification I've ever taken was the RKC certification and the Strong First certifications. And, and the reason was being, was still there. Yeah, and yeah. and the reason being is because it's a system of teaching, right? And it makes everything like we always say: How do you make hard subjects easy? How do you, how are you able to communicate what you need to get people done? And they've built a, a phenomenal school of strength that allows you to progress somebody from a deadlift with a kettlebell to a barbell, right, without a problem. And it's very, very easy that all of the language is the same. So especially when you're trying to command a group of 20 people, if you're trying to command a group of five people, everybody's different. So you got to give them the exact same things to, to hear, right, so they understand. And it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal certification. So we use a lot of their teachings for our boot camps, and it made it easy. It made it easy. Like the, the swing fixes so many different things. Right. The deadlift is the, the, the foundation of exercise. The Turkish get up. Right. I love it. And, and Mike Davis will tell you, uh, Marty, Mike's a good friend of ours. Um, he, he'll tell you that, that it's the best exercise for for anybody. Um, but how I met Mike, Marty, was uh, we were hosting Pavel's last certification at my gym. Uh, and then what they do is and Dragon Door is great at this. They'll put out an email. Or not, they, they have a huge list. They'll send out an email, even go on Craigslist and say, hey, listen, if anybody wants to be a victim, victim means you want to come get trained for free, right? Come to this last day of our certification, right? And we'll have you trained by our future instructors. So they get eyes on people who've never seen a kettlebell before. Um, and then Mike came to that. So, and I had heard about Mike through Darius. Um, so we just hit it off and we've been, been friends ever since. But yeah, the, Darius. Darius Gilbert, he's another front, mutual friend of ours. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Um, but the the system of teaching that it gives is, is is great. So that was very easy for us to to transition, you know, or to run our our, our boot camps under that under the philosophy of that. How do you find the kettlebell as a tool for your own use? I got to mix it. You know, I have to mix it. Like I've gone through. I think everybody goes through phases. Mm -hmm. Right. What, what I've learned is that, you know, you can't be so dogmatic about your approach to training that you forget other things. Right. You can't be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to just I'm a bodybuilder. I'm just going to use machines in perpetuity. You know, that's not going to go well. You, you, you're not going to be like a fish out of water. You can't move. Mm -hmm. So my, my always I, I, I mix it like uh, Dan John. He says a day without swings is like a day without sunshine. Right. And I live by that. Right, so I say, all right, cool. Even if it's 50 before I come in, because I still teach, 
I come in and I do some swings. It's part of my thing, my daily thing. I walk past a kettlebell, I feel like, yeah, I do some swings. Uh, it just it just keeps you moving. And I, now my, my philosophy now is I just wanna I wanna move well until until I'm as long as I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and I understand what what quality movement looks like, and I understand that you have to focus on on everything. You got to be well rounded, especially if you're teaching it. But in terms of kettlebells, I think they're the they're by far the best tool for women for general fitness. For men, it's a great combination tool. It can't be the end all be all if you have you know superior strength goals, right? If you want to be a power lifter, right. yeah, you're gonna you got to go to the barbell. Use it as an um, adjunct or it's you know, one hundred percent. It's the specific person. You know your your low back or whatever with the swing or your abs for your get ups. You know yeah. you know what I say. The as great as the the Turkish get up is yeah. for just not only overall body awareness, um, but seeing how how you're feeling on a particular day. Yeah. Um, the kettlebell swing will enhance your yes. death tremendously. And you know, man, there's there's two different types of swings out there. The American kettlebell swing, where it's basically a front raise, that drives me nuts. The the Pavel way or the RKC, whatever, that's your hips, man. That's like doing a clean. Man, don't, you know? don't, don't and, get and me so started. <laughs> we will use we will use the swing for kids who can't do the rack position on the power clean. I mean, that's how much hip explosion it takes. I mean, you want to act like you're throwing that kettlebell across the room, man. I mean, you know, with your hip. So um, you're opening you're, you're you're opening the hip hinge you're opening the hip and hinge. snapping it's like it's that's a what violent. creates the velocity yeah it's a so, violent movement and you know i did the donnie thompson's a friend of mine or i haven't talked to him in years now but uh we were communicating back and forth and he had done the 300 swings a day and donnie's a big dude played at shepherd marty and was a power lifter uh, and everything and uh I said, what's the deal? He said, man, it's helped me in everything, man. 300 swings a day. Do it for, you know, I don't know what I did it for, four, four to five weeks with just the, the uh, 24, 54, 54. Yeah, 54, 54? pounds. 54? Oh, no, yeah. 24 kilos. 53 Yeah. And so no, I just took that yeah, everywhere. I just, yeah, yeah. And you know. Like 54 kilos. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Pounds. Not 54 <laughs> Right. 54 the little right, one. Right, right, right. 54 pounds, yeah. And I loved it because you know what? I was going on vacation. I didn't feel like paying 20 bucks to go to a gym and all this. And you don't know what the equipment was. And I just grabbed that and did it everywhere. And my grip strength and my forearm size got a huge boost, man. And my cardiovascular. You were burning. Yeah, you were burning a lot of calories off, too. Burns yeah, it. who Marty? Who was telling us that uh, program? Who, who'd you do that kettlebell swing uh, experiment with, where they burned some uh, uh, crazy oh, amount of time? Miguel, um, Dave Whitley, Dave Whitley, yeah, oh, big Dave. yeah, big Whitley, no big, Dave, big, yeah, big big Whitley oh, because yeah. he's a you know two hundred and seventy pound guy. We we strapped him <laughs> up. They took him over to the University of I think. I don't know, Vanderbilt or someplace, they strapped him up and put him on the machine. And he had this incredible uh, calorie per minute burn rate. Mm. And he was able to go on for, I think, 75 minutes. And I don't know what he burnt, you know, oh, really? 3,000 calories. Or crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Try to do that every day. That'd be yeah. Well, again, because it's mass times velocity oh, squared, yeah, right? Yeah. And because he's so big, it's like yeah. a giant tractor trailer. I, I, I want to switch gears because we, we kind of want a time thing here. And Ken, you are the 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 major domo of a of a big time 
fitness emporium and you see a lot of personal trainers. I tell you, every time I go anywhere, I have people come up to me, young, young people, earnest people, eager people, smart people with degrees and go, I'm going to be a personal trainer. And part of me is like, don't do it. You, you, you know, I, I don't oh. know if they understand what a difficult life it can be. Let me just start, if I can, with this, the kind of the swing shift attribute that goes with being a successful personal trainer. I'm sure you can yeah. tee off on what I'm going to say, but I mean, you, you're, it's like being a fisherman. When are the clients available? Oh, they're available before work starting at when the gym opens at what time can five thirty six o'clock yeah and then you need to be available after work yeah from when they get off work until yeah. about 10 o'clock 11 o'clock and you have a big space in the middle of your day and that's your damn life and if you're not willing to put up with that don't become a personal trainer uh, unless you get in academia like gym where it's kind of a nine to five thing but if you want to be a successful personal training in this world you have to come to grips with that and also they love to train on weekends yeah so you can kiss your weekends goodbye because any time that you're not at the gym and a client is there you are losing money ken take it away low outside pitch yes well so here's the deal with train i i think the industry has changed significantly partly because of covid but the internet has changed the way things are done. So that's what that's how I started, Marty. When I was uh, uh, when I was training heavy, you know, I was a, uh, a personal trainer. I was a master trainer um, for TSI Washington Sports Clubs, and I literally I started five. I'd have a break yep. at nine, right, and then I'd come back at four, and I'd go to eight, and that sucks. I did that for about two years, and I was like, okay. Did you work weekends? What? I worked when clients needed me to be there. Yeah. Right. Because what, that's how that's how it goes. What did you do in the middle of your day, though, with that big slot open? Worked out. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wasn't. Ex- yeah. It's the only time he had. It's the only time he had. Yeah, that's when you get slept. your bills done. You go to the bank and all <laughs> you that. Slept. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. You ate. I wasn't as business savvy then, but yeah, I would. You know, uh, I would. You know, wake up early. I'd go, finish. Go work out. Fuck around for a little bit, and then exact. It was Groundhog Day every day yeah. except for Sunday. You know, yeah. same thing. But now, because of COVID, there are so many opportunities. Um, but online training, listen, yeah. the internet is going to destroy the profession of personal training. Yeah. Yeah. And social media stuff. Like, man, there are people making hundreds of thousands of dollars, not in a year. Online. But I know some people make $100,000, a couple hundred thousand dollars per month online training. Yeah, and like, more people are training at home because of COVID. Yeah, you so know, that's all a, my clients are from home except one kid. Well, so, well everybody bought gym equipment during yeah. COVID. I mean, everybody shut down, and yeah. uh, you know they had to have something for their garage or that's right, you know, backyard, whatever. Now everybody's got it online. Now is just the natural I, I, progression. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's an. I think that that people are tired of being holed up. I think there's an electricity in a maskless environment 100%. that and people I, I see it pick up just in around mm-hmm. where i'm at and it's like people are kind of fired up the, yeah so and, and let's be clear on on on, on uh from the, the gym perspective 
people want to be around people. Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is. We've been holed up for a long time. The community. Yeah. And it's not the same looking at the damn screen right. telling your client, great job. You know, it's not the, it's not the same. It's not, it's alone. Right. It's not the same. Unless you're that type of person. Right. And there are a lot of people, right, who are that type of people. I, I got a good friend of mine. He's like, man, you know why I love Uber so much? It's because there's no, I don't have to hand somebody anything and I don't have to talk to anybody if I don't want yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Marty or me? Because that's yeah. well, Well, Kenan, there's always that intimidation factor too, especially for women going in the gym. So, yeah. yeah you know what, perfect. though? You know, gym I go to, Attila's. Those personal trainers, I got two of them are friends of mine. They're busy from the time it opens at 4.30 oh. till, man, 6 at night. Ken, Ken, Ken what, what are the common characteristics of a successful personal trainer in 2022? Stick to That they understand there are some ebbs and flows with clients because people mm-hmm. are people. That's number one. Uh, education and then marketing. Like if you don't have a built-in referral system, you have to be able to market yourself or have right. somebody who's marketing for you because the industry is extremely crowded. And you How don't do you know, do you don't know, real quick, Marty, you don't know good training. The consumer doesn't know good training right. until they've had bad training. Yeah. So it's very difficult to be, it's very difficult to, yeah. hey, I got this $20 program that you can follow. Yeah. And you got the coach over here charging $150 an hour but we're offering the same service, I don't understand the difference. So there's an educational component that goes to educating the client about why you're different or better for this particular person. So you you said the characteristics are definitely stick-to-itiveness. You've got to be able to understand, hey, this this is what I'm going to do. i got to do it. Uh, you got to be able to market yourself. Uh, We like to say there's riches and niches, right? you got to find out who you like to work with. Mm, what's your specialty yeah. yeah what's your special like before it's, it's a little it's getting a little bit more diverse now because yeah. that's when i was heavy training when i was at when i was at washington sports club i got all of the clients who had movement issues and it was okay my schedule stayed full but at some point in time i was like man you get tired of watching the guy over there having fun with this client who's super athletic and can do a bunch of stuff and i got somebody who can barely walk and i'm like ah right so but at the same time that paid my bills that was the profession that i had chose and i got fulfillment out of that so you got to figure out okay okay cool this is what i like how about personality oh yeah man you got to like people you can't be and and, you know it's funny because and i was talking to those two personal trainers we went out for lunch the other day and they said man half both of them were like half of my clients uh just want somebody to talk to talk to Listen, that's the same that you have to, you got to understand that if somebody's paying you hundred out hundred plus an hour, you're going to have a personal relationship with them. Yeah. Oh, I know because they're wide open, exposed, aren't they? Yeah. They're they're sweating their asses off. And they trust you. Yeah. And And they they trust trust you. you. Yeah. You're an authority figure. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. You got to like people. You've got to be organized too. You've got to have communication skills because you know, this is this is what my daughter's going through now. She's NASA certified and doing all this other stuff. But uh, you've got to, um, you know, because a lot of these clients, you know, they, they're showing up late and doing all this. So you've got to be able to roll with that. Right, Ken? That's probably one of the biggest things is, you know, hurting cats a lot of times. What do you, what do you, what do you mean when you say roll? 
JP, huh? what do you mean when you say role? You've got to, you've got to, because it's always going to happen. You're going to have people showing up late. You know, you've got an hour allocated for this person. You've got another one scheduled right after that. You've got to be able to, to roll with the punches and figure out how to deal with that in a professional manner not get upset and just uh, deal with that professionally and know how to handle people. Right. So that's one of the biggest things, too, is and organize and, you know, just stay in communication with your clients. I think you have yes. to be clear. You're perfect. perfect, Correct. But I also think you have to, number one, set boundaries. Yes. You be perfectly clear from the beginning. Yes. Listen, my expectation you have like I have my I have all of our clients, every trainer here, uh, myself included, because I still do a little bit of training. You got to sign a contract. And we need to talk to each other about what our expectations are. What are your expectations of me? What are my expectations of you? I'm from the military. I expect you to be on time. Right. If you can't be on time, understand that my time is valuable just as yours is. If you are late to your session, we start and we stop here. Right. Our, st our stop time is our stop time. Whenever we get done and at a lot of time, hey, otherwise, when we get finished, I will say, hey, you're not done with your session. You can either make it up, go finish what you got to do. Um, or we'll catch up on the next time, but I have another person waiting. So That's you, gotta right. be, you gotta be clear from the very, very beginning. So people treat you as a professional, because if you're like, oh, you're late, that's okay. My my next session can start late. No, 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 hell no. No, right? it'll turn into a train wreck quick. It'll turn real quick and people, especially in my area, right? They're like, listen, hey man, I'm paying you what I would pay my doctor, right? Yeah. My expectation, yeah. yeah, my expectation yeah. is that we start on time and end on time so so tardiness that's not even that's a non-starter for me yeah uh, and i think most trainers will be you know to adopt those policies as well well yeah. i think i think ultimately the ultimate responsibility of the personal trainer is their their methodology has to get results for the client and there's yes. a lot of personal trainers out there that their their methodology is faulty what do you mean it's incomplete it's incomplete knowledge. They're not getting the results for their for their clients. They're 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 upfront. They're very good in the front end sale and creating churn. Yeah. Usually they're very good looking people. They're very personable, but they have like one way of training people. They don't have a depth of knowledge. They don't understand that real training begins when the stagnation sets in. Because right. that's when a real personal trainer, that's when they step up. It's like the, the only well, constant in fitness is stagnation. So you got to have a big trick bag. Yeah, if you're, Marty, one, you're, you're right. And experience. If you're a one trick yeah. pony, if you got one way, then you better have a real good front end churn because you're going to be losing clients after about right. a year. And they go, you know what? I haven't changed. Right. So I've been so, all this money and you can only tell a person, oh, you're exchanging muscle for fat so many <laughs> times. So many times. You know what? And then you like to, and that's perfect, Marty. I like to say as coaches, trainers, especially with the individual adult client, you got one job. They came to you for one reason, to get in shape or to fix something. So if you don't do, we're in a results-based business. So if you don't do that, you've created a friendship, but you're not getting any results, yeah. kick rocks. I didn't come to you because I, I wanted to buy a friend. Right. I came to you because I was looking for a specific outcome to this issue that I'm having. So yeah, you definitely, it makes, you know what we do? Uh, and it's, and, and I got this from, from uh, a company called Active Life. So when we have a prospective client, 
right? We go the extra step and say, hey, listen, we've already talked to, we've talked about what your goals are. Um, and we, then we book another session. And then we say, hey, listen, this is the plan that I've outlined for you for the number of sessions that I think you're gonna need. We're gonna need 48 sessions. So here's the plan that I've designed for you for, for to achieve these goals. So if you come in with a plan and you let people know that these are these are the objectives that we're trying to achieve yeah. from the beginning to the end, yep. build trust, yep. right? They understand that you were organized. I think JP, you said organization was huge and it is. Yep. You built that organ they, they understand that you're organized, you're professional, and they don't have an issue paying your rate that you charge now. Mm-hmm. But if you're one of these guys or, or girls that, hey, you know what, follow my 12-week booty program. This is what I'm going to show you. You're going to get a big booty in 12 weeks, and it don't happen, I'm on to the next program. you got to justify your rates. Yeah, you you got to make it worth it. Um, yeah. w- one question I did have, any anybody with, like, limited uh, fitness experience, they go and go through NASM or ACE or whatever, they come out, okay, they're very knowledgeable on the skeletal structure, muscle, heart circulation, all that. How do they know how to teach somebody a proper squat or a deadlift? They should have to do an apprenticeship almost, you know, that'd be great where you have to follow the best trainer in the gym around or whatever. Uh, There should be something practical also in your certification. (laughs) Yeah. And so most certifications don't do that. It's a weekend course. Go do your thing. Uh, NASM has done now, they have what's called a gym turnship, which is pretty cool. I like that they've done that. Um, so you you go to a, a neighboring gym that's close to you. You have a they give you a curriculum to follow with a coach that's there. You get you get a a, a client from the gym, not necessarily a client or one of the coaches that you're training. So that's yeah. cool. But I yeah. definitely think that some there should be if you are an independent training facility, commercial gyms they have some type of training programs. You got to have some kind of ongoing continuing education for coaches. You have right. to because there's that's so exactly many, right. There's so many different things happening. Um, and, and you don't want to be the guy caught in stone age, um, and not being, you know, up on, not necessarily you're up on the next trendiest fitness apparatus. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, we have, the fitness industry has evolved exponentially in the last. Yeah. You can send the whole staff to conferences and hundred percent, uh, you know, just the, yeah. Even just like the RKC, let's yeah. get that under our belt too, you know? So Kim, what, how do you hire new uh, trainers? I mean, what are, what's their criteria got to be? How do you do yeah. it? So, you, you know, honestly, I look for people who smile and are nice. Mm-hmm. I can't teach that. I can teach you everything else. So we, we have a, a, a mentorship program that we have our coaches go through. And right. we teach the, the, the things that are fundamental to us, right? And then we drill over and over and over again. Um, so, and, and just let me tell you what I, this, 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 this comes from you. You're at the top of the pyramid, right? Correct. We created this thing because we, you know, that's the hardest thing to do is to attract quality coaches. Right. And if you can't attract somebody who's already established, right. You say, okay, cool. We have to build somebody up. And that's, Mm -hmm. and that's usually the actual better way to do it. Um, because then you, because you don't have bad habits, you're not yeah, right. stuck in your ways about this is the only way to do things. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's tell you how we do things, the why we do things, and let's see if we can come to an agreement on, or and, this is our philosophy, how we, we, and, we think it should be done. And, and when they get stuck with a client, they can come to you with the data, mm. 100%. sit down and say, hey, this is what's going on with uh, Jimmy. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of roadblocked here. What do you think? 100%. And that's how it has to be. In most, in a lot of gyms, okay, 
that you they just people just pay the gym a fee or they pay a, a, the gym a percentage, but they don't work for the gym. In your gym, they actually work for you. So we have some people who we have two. We have two of those. So we do have independent contractors. When we first started, we grandfathered them. We don't do that anymore. Okay. Um, just because I don't, you know, that doesn't necessarily fit what we do. Right. But even our, our independent contracts believe in kind of what we do. Some of them have specialties. We have some uh, people that special in bodybuilding, powerlifting. But we all have the same type of uh, philosophy. philosophy. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's important. But we no longer do that. Everything we do now is all in-house. Got it. So, but I think it's important for even facility wide that people understand the most important thing is yes, we're trying to get our res clients results, but we've built this. Hey, the most important thing is that you move well, right? So from now until the good Lord calls you home, you want to be able to do the things that you can do now Every or day. that I'm going to be able to get you to do. So as long as you lead with that, regardless of what your goal is, I want to get, I want to compete in bodybuilding. I want to do some powerlifting. First thing you got to do is make sure you stay injury free and you move well. Um, so I think as long as everybody's on that, then everybody will always try to learn how to get better, right? If you if you give your 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 coaches some some uh, uh, some things to, to to shoot for, say hey, listen, we if we're moving well and our clients are getting stronger, right? We're winning. We're winning. Nutrition wise. Right. If they've got we, we've got a, a nutrition program here, if they're doing the things they do nutritionally, they will see or they do the things they're supposed to be doing. They will see results on that end. But as long as you're making sure that the client comes in uh, or leaves better than the way he came in, you've done your job for the day. How is your how is your gym set up? Do you, you have an area for the boot camp? Do you have an area for powerlifting uh, machine area? How's it how's it all set up? And how big is it? Listen here, Jim, yeah. we don't do boot camps no more, man. <laughs> no, just, out? I don't know, man. No, 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 I'm just, I'm just teasing. Uh, so, so now how we set? So, imagine a strength and conditioning facility right. and a a completely separate studio um, for group fitness. That's Got exactly it. how it's set up. So we have a power. We specialize in the strength sports, Olympic weightlifting. How many square power. feet? Uh, we're a little under thirteen now. That's big. That's good. Yeah, we yeah. we downsized since COVID, um, but yeah, a little under thirteen. So how's it filled up, Ken? In terms of what? In terms of your, your, how do you break it out in terms of your equipment setup? And when I was there, I was seeing, I don't know, all kinds of baseball. Yeah. So, yeah. So all I kinds used, of stuff, man. So, so we don't have that anymore. So after, you know, right after COVID, we were like, okay, cool. Um, we can continue to pay for this space that's going to sit here for a long time. Or we can figure something out. So going back to the personal trainer, when I said stick to itiveness, I say that because we've had to have that so much in business. Yeah. Right? Uh, you got to figure, all right, cool. How are we going to reinvent ourselves, you know, after COVID? Because we we don't know how long people are not going to gather for. So pretty much what we do is we do strength and conditioning, um, personal training, and our group training is done in our studio. Our studio is is is, is blackout. So imagine. If CrossFit and Orange Theory had a baby with smarter programming and no treadmills. So we replaced the treadmills with boxing. That's a completely Oh, with boxing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, and I love boxing because it's, um, we did it for cross training when I was wrestling and I boxed yeah. when I was a yeah. kid. But it's so anterior dominant, right? So, uh -huh. uh, and it's a great way of conditioning and staying off your legs 
from biking and running and all that good stuff. So yeah. we, we combine boxing and rowing uh, and strength training into one program. Nice. That happens nice. all into our you know, 2,200 square foot uh, studio that's completely separate than our main facility. And you have a turf area also? Yeah, we have turf. Yep. Yeah, so, so, I, so I, I, you could have a, a local coach who doesn't really have a weight room or whatever and bring in some kids and say, hey, 100%. Train my team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of our, um, I think, Martin, I think you know Tim Enriquez. You know Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Tim ran MPTI for a long time. He's one of our one of our coaches here, and he actually does that. Tim, That's great. And, and let's, going back to personal training, Tim is probably one of the only guys that I know um, who has stuck to his guns and will not train after a certain time. Now, it takes a while to get to that, to be established yeah. like that, but he set some very clear boundaries. I train from six to two. Yeah. That's it. Every, other, everything else, I'm going to be with my, with my family. Uh, he comes in on Sundays to train his son and a group of his kids mm. um, just because that's what he loves to do. And he wants to see them get better, but it's on his time. But he's earned that. He's 20, 20 plus years in the industry. Yeah, he, he sticks with, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I've set these boundaries. I'm going to try to fill up these times between this time. I'm not working past two and I'm good. You got to earn that, though. Yeah, you don't you start out that way. And I think a lot of these younger I think a lot of these younger kids starting out personal training want to start that way. It doesn't work that way. And, and listen, the amount of, of the people who say, this is what I'm going to do because it fits my schedule. Huh? Yeah. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> it, it, it fits your schedule? Well, how many people do you know that have 11 o'clock that they can come train? It's not that many. Right. So if you are fortunate enough to get that, so happy for you. But you, yeah. your, your ass better be ready to come back to the gym at four, five, six and seven, because that's when Listen, people get off work. I've owned my business 26 years. I still don't have my own schedule. Right. You know, it's it just it depends on what's going on. You know, um, have, have you guys bounced back 100 percent since? covid and how did you make it during covid i mean what did you do you did you freak out uh any good businessman is going to just put their head down and go okay this is the situation how do i survive how do i get out of this i, I have a feeling that's exactly what you are, did yeah and are there still uh restrictions on you guys because i know virginia's like freaking liberal as hell where you are so i didn't know if it was no, still, we're, uh... we're actually pretty good now we're good now <laughs> Uh, and, and fortunately for us, it was bad, but it it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I literally watched, um, you know, remember when we got shut shut down right after it was like right March Madness, right? Mm. Um, right around that time in 2020, and yeah. then literally the three weeks later, the 24 hour fitness, 60,000 square feet across the street from me, shut down completely. Wow. So I, was, I was like we might be in for some some struggles. So what I what I made sure that I did first and foremost, all right, cool. Stop spending money. What are we yep. spending money on? I looked through all mm -hmm. of the things. What are our, what are our line items that have to stop? And fortunately a lot, you know, fortunately for us, uh, a, a, a lot of uh, the people that we, you know, built our our CRM, um, scheduling, uh, we heart rate monitor stuff that like that. We just cut off recurring billing stuff. All right, cool. How can we make as people? We have open access memberships, then we have training memberships. All right, our open access membership. I can't charge you to come here if you're not coming. Shut your membership off. Nothing. 
our group training membership, we said, all right, cool. This is an opportunity for us. Right. So we got a studio that was full of ergs, rowers, bike ergs, ski ergs. We said, all right, cool. The best thing for us to do is start programming things because we don't know how long this is going to last and come get this stuff. So when they were like, hey, cool, starting, uh, our governor was like, starting on in two days, you can't leave your house. We were like, all right, we got a studio full of equipment. Get out of here. All right, so we said, so we start setting up signups um, in order to keep our equipment. You just had to keep your membership active, right? So these people kept their membership active, and we emptied our studio, dumbbells, rowers. Some people took barbells and plates. We even did that for our open access memberships. Our members, you could take barbells and plates. And oh, so they borrowed them? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they borrowed it. The gym was empty. With the exception of you know the 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 structural machines that yeah. can't leave, but plates, bars, all that was gone. Wow. Uh, we had our Alico racks gone, uh, so we gave that out to our members and in, in turn for them to keep their memberships active. Wow. Wait, did they come and pick this stuff up, or you had yeah. a, like a delivery team? Ah, they listen. People were so thirsty here for stuff. Yeah, yeah. Got it. What a great idea! I've never, Ken. I've never even heard of that. That's pretty cool. You had no choice, so you know, you got to think about. It. So the stuff is going to sit here. Yeah, so nobody's using it. Yeah. Nobody's using it. They can, can't come. I mean, and I trust our members, and we was like, get it, get it out of here. So how, how long? Did how they many members do you have, Ken? Uh, a little over five hundred. Whoa. That's a lot of members. Yeah. But how long did they shut you down for? Oh, we were done. So this, this was March. We opened back up in July. Man, I, I, I try to forget it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like a nightmare. Was like a nightmare. All right, well, look, let's, let's spin ahead. Hey, tell it because we are, we're closing in on our deadline time. Tell us about what's coming up on uh, what's it, May the 14th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we have uh, what we call Living Legends Weekend. So now, amongst the other hats that I wear, I'm the state chairman for the United States Powerlifting Association, USPA. Um, we have Living Legend Weekend, Living Legends Weekend. Uh, so we're gonna have our USPA state championships. Uh, I got Eddie Cohn coming in. He's gonna do a couple seminars. Uh, we have a strongman competition. It's a it's a pound for pound competition, uh, which is pretty cool. That's a I don't know if you have you guys seen that Mammoth Bar. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a a pound for pound mammoth bar deadlift competition, then a clean and press axle, along with our traditional Virginia State Championships powerlifting competition. Uh, so Eddie's gonna be there. Marty is gonna be there. Ray Williams, a good friend of mine, uh, he's gonna be there. Um, Kirk, Kirk Kowarski, he's gonna be there, and a couple other guys who are unnamed are gonna come in. Uh, it's gonna be a phenomenal show. It's gonna be. Our goal is to get this on ESPN. So we, we're, we're bringing out all the stops to make it look great. I mean, it's gonna be video walls behind the competitors. Uh, we got you know, like like live broadcasting announcers. So Monday Night Football meets mm. the strength sports world. Uh, so it's gonna, be, it's, it's gonna be a great time. I'm excited about it. Uh, Ed has been out here before, uh, brought the house down. Nice. Uh, so it's it's yeah I'm I'm excited about it. I can't wait for it. We've had Ed on here a few times. Love having Ed, Ed on. Ed is great. I was uh, I just saw him in Chicago. Uh, he is the funniest guy ever. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I can't wait for him to get out here. I can't wait to see, have Marty back out here too. Jim, are you going? <laughs> All right. I don't know. I might go down there. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. I'm telling you, if I was just starting off in powerlifting or was a competitive powerlifter or strongman, 
dude, I would cross, I would swim through rivers to get to that thing. Oh yeah. I mean, the information that you can get just from having a, a side conversation with 100%. one of those guys will be more than years of training. And I, and I think, and the reason we do this is, is because you know, the generation growing up that has grown up on Instagram uh, and now TikTok and seeing lifters, they forget kind of what's preceded them. They forget yes. that, like these are the guys that really paved the way for to do right. what you do now, right? right. Um, so we got to get that to the forefront. So when I say, hey, listen, just come listen, just just come see a lot. This is a lot of the stuff that you are doing. This is where it came from. A lot of the stuff that you should be doing that you're not doing, you should learn about it, yeah. right? So it's 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 we got to keep this in the forefront. Uh, of everybody's minds, especially in the strength sports, right? History is so important. It really it's is. So important. So important. How do, how do we sign up for this? Where do we go? Uh, so you can go to, we've got a, a Facebook page. We've got, and I can put the link here so we can send it out afterwards. Um, but it's on Facebook, uh, Strongman Pound for Pound Challenge. The actual, uh, it's going to be at the shop gym, which is in in, uh, in Ashburn, Virginia. So the for the people who are spectators just understand that that's the the, the 13th 14th and 15th we're going to be here at the 13th at tyson's playground uh you just show up we have tickets online the tickets you can go to tysonsplayground.com and get them um so that'll be like a meet and greet the powerlifting competition and the strongman competition on that saturday uh and those tickets are will be online soon uh, but you can also get them at the door and then sat sunday is the all powerlifting competition Ed seminars on Sunday here at Tyson's Playground, uh, and that's that's uh, uh, and Ray Ray's. Let me back up for a second. Sorry, Ray seminars on Saturday. Those tickets are online, and uh, Ed's seminars on Sunday. Marty, you're going to be here the whole weekend, yeah? I as long as there's whiskey there. I am I am Ken's mind numb robot. Well, there it is then. Yes. So it's Ken. We have, yeah, yeah. So if we there's have, whiskey there, he'll be there all week. So that's what I was about to no, ask. No, you. no, 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 no. I haven't, I, haven't I haven't drank whiskey in ten years. Really? Excuse me. Whiskey yeah, no, and tri -tip. It, it destroys my next morning. Uh, real I'm, quick, I'm Marty, Virginia Beach. You and I are. Oh well, yeah, that was at a bourbon place. Don't yeah. don't let me down. I don't let me drink any Jim Beam. Don't let me drink any whiskey. I go hey, to the hey, Marty, So, so Marty, real Come back quick. in there, shots of whiskey. That was your bar. fault. Why did you leave me alone? I'm sorry, man. Whiskey bar. That's yeah. not my fault. I can't yeah. be held responsible for my own actions. True. So let me ask you a question, Marty. So we, we got a VIP dinner on the 14th at Earl's, right? You're not going to have some whiskey with us? Oh, whatever I'm instructed, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he's all in. I mean, it's not a hard push, Ken. You just put it in front of him, son. Yeah, with you, guys. you know, you guys, it's Ken. like, you know, you know, I'm an Irish writer. I'm trying not to morph. Yeah, you can't help it. I'm not, tr I'm trying not to morph from an Irish writer with a drinking problem into an Irish drinker with a writing problem. Okay. You guys are not helping. Yeah. Sorry. Ken, your website, Tysonsplayground.com. I do drink beer, though, still. <laughs> All right, so Tyson'sPlayground.com. <laughs> that's your main website, I think. And then uh, for Blackout, you can go to BlackoutDMV.com. Yes, sir. And what else? You want to give your uh, social? Uh, Tyson's Playground and then Blackout underscore DMV. Okay. 
right. super active on social media, or we try to be. I will say this too: the USPA, um, the squats I've seen, man, they're good, and the judging is tough. And I have a kid that I train out of Georgia who's okay. USPA thing, and I've I've watched all his stuff also, and good judging, man. I was I was shocked because other than USAPL, I don't see you know really great judging, and and everything I've seen is good so far. Man, we try, man. We're, yeah, we're, that's good. You're, you're well, guys, uh, you guys are you guys are associated with the IPF. No. No, 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 no. No, that's no. the other federation. Yeah. So I got a backwards. I've got a backwards. So Marty, this is a fun organization. Uh, you know, you can actually have fun, but they actually have strict rules. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, you know how when you amazing. go up to some of these, they got the oh, suits. Oh, please. It's just, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. That's no Marty, so, so Marty, Marty, back up for yes, a second. Sir. The meet that I saw you in Frederick at with Kirk, that was our USBA meet. Okay. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, is that the – is that who – Steve Dennison runs what organization? Yeah, that's you know? us. It's USBA. Steve okay, Dennison. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's an old timer from my era. Yeah, Steve's a great guy. Yeah, he used I to be a him. he used to be a good lifter. He was a big big dude. Uh, so he yeah. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I right. know those guys. Yeah. You are right. landing this plane perfectly jp look at well i got i got i got a couple more quick things to go over yeah but check out check out marty's weekly column raw with marty gallagher at ironcompany.com you can find his latest article putting a finer point on resistance training that's on there and also make sure to check him out on instagram at the marty gallagher uh you can also check out his website that uh he and his wife mostly his wife i think managed uh the website functional-strength.org. I'm the, I'm the talent. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, since 1997, Iron Company has been your one-stop shop for strength training equipment, gym flooring, anything you need. We work with a lot of uh, commercial gyms, military. Love working with the uh, guys and gals from the military all over the world. So thank you very much for that. Uh, and then new Jim Steele articles can be found on our article section. Just go to Iron Company, go to the top of the website, click on articles. And uh, his latest one is the little things yeah. uh, in lifting that we don't often think about, but yeah. are important. Next one's going to be is, is really fun. I've been working on it. It's about the deadlift because I started deadlifting again and uh, just about sort of my background in it. And then I'm going to put in there a little six weeks program. To get your deadlift up. Oh, I love that! Don't yeah, forget the don't sumo forget to con- the sumo or conventional. Oh, uh, I was I was telling my history the other or writing it about the sumo and the and the conventional and how important the coaching and the teaching is on the deadlift because if you get a great coach, you're on your way. You get a crappy one, teaches you to bad uh, yeah. bad form, and you're like the deadlift sucks. I never want to do the deadlift. Then right. you spread the word on how the deadlift sucks too. Well, I have a quick request on that article that hasn't yes. come out yet, but uh, I want you to include that story of uh, pre-surgery. You go in and like, you go, yeah. ah, what the hell? I need to, to go ahead and uh, deadlift 700 pounds one more time. Oh, that one. Can't, it can't get any worse than this, he says, for my back. So <laughs> Once it broken, son, what you, you can't break it again. <laughs> let, me, let me do it one more time for old times. And he did it. He did it. Wow. <laughs> All right. And then your website is bossbarbell.com. That's B-A-S barbell.com. Yep. And uh, that wraps it up, guys. 
Ken, Ken that was thank great, you man. Very much. We really appreciate it. And I think you've done great that. stuff for the power sports, man. Yeah, That's awesome, great. man. We got to have you on again, Ken. Like you said, we got four more podcasts at least. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, guys. All right. Okay. All right. With three minutes to spare. Yeah. How about that? All right. See you guys. See you. Uh, beat his ankle.